Well, we just heard, I think, one of the most beautiful passages of the New Testament. It's the parable of the prodigal son, or perhaps more appropriately, the parable of the father and his two sons. In these parables, we can always identify with the characters, and in recognizing ourselves in them, we're challenged to change ourselves or to let God change us for the better. And in this particular parable, we find three characters. There's the father, the younger prodigal son, and the older son. And so I'll go through and discuss each of these three. First, let's consider the father. You know, it's curious that the father even granted his selfish son's request for half of everything he owned. We would expect him to write the son out of the will for being so insulting. But instead, he grants the son's request because he loves his son and he respects his free will. And the same is true of our heavenly father. He, too, respects our free wills our ability to either reject him or to remain with him. And in truth, we couldn't love God if we didn't have this freedom, this ability uh, to reject the Lord or to stay with him. If we didn't have this, we would just be mindless puppets without free will. So the Lord lets us run off on our own. But when we return, having realized our own weakness and our own need for him, he's pleased and he welcomes us, not as lowly servants in his home, but as sons and daughters. The father in the parable then shows us the unconditional love of our father in heaven for all of us. What about the younger son? Well, he was a selfish and inconsiderate young man. He has approached his father and basically said, you know, Father, I'm, I'm sick and tired of waiting for you to die. I want my inheritance now. Give it to me. Very insulting. But the father, as I say, gave it to him. He received that wealth. And then he went off and wasted it all on himself. The money ran out and the young man was then so hungry that he, he was jealous of what the pigs had to eat that he was tasked with taking care of. Then, the gospel tells us, the young man came to his senses, and he set out for home. Along the way, he's thinking about what he's going to say to his father. He knows he has terribly offended his father, so he's starting to come up with some kind of a story, a speech. He has it all planned out. He's going to admit his guilt. He's going to admit that he no longer deserves to be called his father's son. And he was only going to ask to work like one of the hired men in his father's house. But then he was surprised. Before he even got to the house, his father ran out to meet him. Now the young man just began his practice speech that he'd been working on. But he was cut off before he could even finish. He never even got to ask to be one of the hired people in the house. Instead, the father restored the son's dignity, gave him fine clothes, threw him a big celebration. He was, as the father in the parable said several times, dead but had come back to life. Of course, we can see ourselves in this younger son. 
God our Father gives us life, health, wealth, everything we have, and we spend it all on ourselves and we ignore his commandments. But eventually things happen in our lives. Maybe we fall ill, we we lose a loved one, we fall on hard financial times. Then we realize that we can't do this on our own. We need to go home to our Father, receive his mercy, his forgiveness, and his love. If we do, we find our dignity as sons and daughters restored. Our burdens are lightened, or we find the help we need to carry them in God's grace. So how do we then do this? How do we turn back to the Father? We who are sinners, how do we receive the the mercy of God that we so need? Well, for us, that mercy is dispensed primarily through the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, which is the first step in returning to the Father from whom we stray by our sin. It's the catechism. The catechism continues to say, the sacrament of reconciliation is usually followed by peace and serenity of conscience with strong spiritual consolation. Indeed, the sacrament of reconciliation with God brings about a true spiritual resurrection, restoration of the dignity and blessings of the life of the children of God, of which the most precious is friendship with God. Yeah. Reconciliation is usually followed by peace and serenity of conscience. It's a restoration of friendship with God. It's very good stuff. Yet a lot of people fear or dismiss the sacrament, which is kind of disappointing for us priests. Because after all, when someone is living in a life of sin, having departed from the Father, and they return, unworthy as he or she is, the Father is overjoyed. In the parable, the Father watched day after day, hoping his Son would return, and he celebrated the day of his arrival. And notice, there's not any anger, there's no harsh judgment when we admit to the Father that we are sinners. I mean, he knows this already. When one who has not received God's mercy and confession in a long time returns, the Father, Father in heaven and and this Father, is very pleased. It's a cause for celebration. Now finally, let us consider that older son. We can see ourselves in this man as well. When his younger brother came home humbled and disgraced, he didn't welcome him. On the contrary, he refused to even go into the house, to join in the celebration. Because it was unfair, he felt, that his brother, who had taken so much from their father and wasted it, should be welcomed home so warmly. He felt cheated and asked why the father hadn't even given him a goat to feast on with his friends. But what the older son forgot was this. You know, he might not have been given some of the father's stuff, like that goat or the inheritance that his younger brother would have give, was receiving. But what he did have was the father himself, right there with him, always. A father who would give his life for him, if need be. Now, we too do this at times, of course. You know, and in smaller parishes like this, you know, I think 
everybody seems to know what everybody else has done wrong, right? And perhaps those who don't come to Mass are ashamed to darken the door of the church for fear that they'll be judged by all of us who, like that older son, maybe never left. Now, if we judge such people as unworthy of entering the church, or if we scoff maybe when we see them sitting in the pews or heading into the confessional, then we're like that older son who was himself then stubbornly outside the father's house. We should seek to always have charity and compassion for those who live openly sinful lives. Not that we approve of their sinful actions, right? But we should tell them about the beauty of the father's merciful love, of his compassion. We should share with them this parable of the two sons and let them know that they are more than welcome here. In fact, their return to God's grace is a, is a great cause for celebration. Both of these sons were at different times outside the father's house, outside the community, alone, separated, and suffering. The younger son, he was outside because well, he went off and lived a sinful and selfish life, squandering his wealth. The older son, on the other hand, was outside the father's house because he self-righteously judged his younger brother and became jealous. So I encourage you all to maybe pick up your Bible when you get home and, and read through this carefully. Luke 15. Prayerfully read the parable. Ask yourself, which of these characters am I most like today? How can I change for the better? And let us also then seek out that sacrament of confession, reconciliation, if we need it, and joyfully invite others, especially those, maybe those fellow sinners we're tempted to look down upon, to receive that great sacrament of forgiveness. Because our Father wants all of us in his house and in his good graces. Amen.